That's very close. <laughs> Backside. <laughs> yes, he's got it in. He's got it in with a second to spare. Still game seven, so there you go. It's, uh, I like it. First game on team sheet, wasn't it? Eh? Balling straight and he won't hit it. I don't dive over him yet. I just drop him. Within 24 minutes, we were eight down. Coming second, yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, then he apologises and puts his arm around Batter while they're walking off. <laughs> You're always going to get out, LBW. You do, the longer you do that. Spend most of our time talking about the game in the change rooms, don't we? And I think this, this is an extension of that. There's a few podcasts floating around. We just thought, why not jump on the bandwagon? Absolutely. Roaring to go. You, you know, Langsley, you, you struggle. You're so proud twice, you've got mm-hmm. both times. You were walking down the track first ball in the game to open the ball. Well, I do remember that. I remember watching the ball. I remember running out the back of the ground picking the ball up. It was one of those games that just stick, it sticks in the memory. Sat on there. Good old church yeah. dominoes. He used to bowl little meds and he'd put it on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I'd not made that connection. <laughs> it was like a road at church cricket club. Why does it in that position? Oh! But when does matter? In the V. I mean, you don't, you don't forget those types of games, do you, mates? I mean, we've had plenty together. But I mean, it's those types of games that do win your season. Hello and welcome to the second Length Does Matter podcast, brought to you by Levi. And I'm also joined again by Sam. The future, how's it going, Sam? You all right? It's all good, thanks. Thanks for that. All good. Good, decent. Um, and surprisingly, I'm joined by Joe Gaskill today. Um, glad you could make it, mate. Whee! Oh, well, you? you know, I thought I'd make an appearance. Thanks for that. I thought you'd have a, something a bit more interesting to say, but well, clearly not. I'll be honest with you, Tuesday when we recorded it, I'd had a long day at work. The last thing I wanted to do was sit and listen to you for two hours. So I thought, I'm going to paint something. I ended up painting best toenails. You either painted toenails or you're ironing the thumbprint out of your forehead. <laughs> Completely up to you. Sorry, Beth. Just a bit of banter. Um, well, what I'll ask you, Joel, is I asked the other two lads. Oh, sorry, I've forgotten someone. Josh Gully, he also has not made it today. Um, one word on that? Here Yeah, shocking that, Josh. Um, anyway, Joel, I asked them, them two guys on the last podcast last week. Uh, the current situation is wreaking havoc. Three words on this current situation from you, Joel. <laughs> Not very good. Oh, yes. Very yeah. good. That, that was a lot better than what the other two came up with last time, and me included. Not very good. Absolutely. Very quickly, from the first episode, we've received quite a few lo- lovely messages from the guys and ladies uh, that will have listened to it. Hopefully, this one lives up to the next expectations. Again, this week, there was another uh, podcast released by the Velcro Badge Lot, Joey, Baz and Alty. And we've got to thank you again because Adam Greenwood made an appearance in that from Baz as well for his facial hair. And I would say to you, Baz, that we would pass on the message, but we still can't find him. I don't know about you, Sam. But oh, go on, Sam, you've got a story about him, haven't you, actually? I've got, I've got a lot of stories, but I know where, I know where he is and he's alive. But um, I spoke to him this week, actually, about the podcast. And uh, he just said to him that he's not going to listen to it because he never used to listen to you in the changing room either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Adam, I know you're out there because you followed me on Strava this week. So if you're listening, please keep listening because we miss you. <laughs> Tux as well, sorry, if you are listening to this one, I must say a massive thank you to you about the last podcast. I thought you were absolutely 
spot on. I thought some of the stories and anecdotes you came out with were absolutely brilliant. And a lot of the guys that played in that sort of era have come back and said it's brought back some brilliant memories. Yeah, so, yeah. I um I got I got a message off Luke Woodcock off Woody, um, who was our pro for a while, and we, we had a little bit of a story about it, didn't we? But um, yeah. about Tucks kind of admitting that he didn't hit it and everything else. Um, but Woody messaged me, he said, uh, Tucker wouldn't stop ringing me every day after that, apologising. <laughs> well, did he say, he, he also said that when he was doing it, he ignored him for complete, for three days. <laughs> <laughs> he just, ignored him. It shows what a nice guy took since he just ringing him every day saying, oh, apologising, but I think Woody were having none of it at the time. <laughs> well, again, that's obviously a testament to Woody's character because he was obviously pretty annoyed by the decision. And some, you know, I mean, some pros are just going, ah, well, it don't really matter. But obviously, Woody, the type of character he is, he's, um, he's you know, he's, he's, he's really bothered him and he obviously wanted to do to do well in that game, which is, is good. It's good to hear, isn't it, from a professional sometimes? Because sometimes they turn up and you think they're not very interested. No, he took it seriously. He took it seriously. He took his drinking seriously as well, Woody. He wants yeah, he, wants, um, he wants down the bottle of Lambrini, and then it's then found him in the dis in the uh, disabled toilet, didn't we? And he was hugging yeah. the bin. I am pretty sure that somebody at the club will still have that photo. So Woody, if you are listening again, we may release that photo. Before he went on, did he sign the bin? He did. The bin's still there. <laughs> and it's still signed. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> so again, Woody, appreciate you li listening and. Keep coming in with uh, some suggestions on what we can talk about. And hopefully, we might even get you on at some point. What do you think about that? Yeah, get him on. That's a shout-out to Woody. Get him on. Got to get him There'll on. There'll be one person who will listen to that podcast, and his name is Mark Ashby. So, in terms of the club, we had a good chat um, in the last podcast regarding 2004, what a, what a memorable year it was for a Neely. You know, the, the club's staying a bit of a nearly club and they've been a nearly club maybe, well, certainly since I've been playing over the past 15 years. And probably Sam, you as well. And Joel, you've lost more finals than you've won, I'd assume, Joel. Uh, yep. And I suppose it kind of takes a, a, a certain type of character to galvanise a team to win something. And and mainly that had come from a captain. So, Sam, coming out, play, you played at a few different clubs um, in the past 10 years, I say it takes a certain type of character to galvanise a team in those type of situations. And in terms of captains, what, for you, makes a good captain? I'd say for me, it's, it sounds like a really obvious one, but yeah, I'd say listening and that ability to make decisions immediately, but positively. Joel, same question to you. Um, similar to Sam, decisiveness, you know, make a decision quickly. But I'd also add to it, probably say gritty, stubborn. You know, someone, especially who have a battle or ball, they're just going to bore somebody out. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably sit, sit with you guys in that one. I mean, positive cricket is good cricket in my opinion. I think attacking at the right time. But I do think personally, I lack the ability to to decide when those times are. So maybe for me, again, decision making is something that is important to a captain to get that right. So Sam, I'm pretty much with you in terms of listening, decision-making and positivity. And also a bit of stubbornness, like you say, Joe. It's, it's, you know, you've got to want it to happen and not almost wait for it, but you've got to try and stick at it the longest. Over the past 10 years, I took over from Craig in the 2020 and 2016 and the league in 
18, so I've had in the league 18, 19, and was obviously as you now. Um, so Craig, Craig was at the helm. Craig, post World War II, has been the most successful captain the clubs ever had. Uh, uh, Wesley Cup 2011, two finals in 2012, 2020, and Wesley Cup, and then a winning one in 2014. Now, out of those four finals, we only won one and we lost three. So, again, it just sort of shows the, the nearly status that we've got. But post war, Sam, Craig, the most successful car- uh, captain in the club's history. Yeah, I think I think our most successful year was probably 2012, where we got to the the Wurzit Cup final, we lost to Lorehouse. We got to the T20 final, we lost to Ramy. Um, and for a change, we came third rather than second with the league. So, mm-hmm. amateur-wise, it was probably one of the best squads, they reckon, in uh, Church Cricket Club history. Yeah, you're probably going back to maybe in the 40s, uh, early 40s, when we won, th- I think we won three leagues on the bounce and then we waited a couple of years till after the war and we won another one. I would agree with you because obviously playing in that side um, was being there on, on the front line and so to speak, me, Lloyd, Ive, Tucks, AB, you, Sam, uh, for, I think you might have missed one year though, I think that might have been 2011. Yeah. Greenwood would have been knocking round. Yeah. Bill Gilly. We, we kind Jimmy. of had, Yeah, yeah. We had Saeed Amor as pro as well. Like he, yeah. Um, he was a destructive, destructive pro, destructive player. He knew the yeah. game. Um, like I said, like you just said, I was away in 2011, um, 2012. We were playing Hazenden away, and one of the things that struck me about Amor was how simply he kept it. And whether that's through his belief of keeping the game simple or whether that was just kind of his laid-back approach, I think. there was. <laughs> I remember at Hazenden away, he pulled me to one side, he said... You know, Sam, come here and come and warm up with me. So, grabbed a couple of balls. We walked over towards the square and he looked at me. He threw the ball up in the air under Ali to the side of me. And I just watched it land on the floor in front of me. And he went, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to throw the ball up. I want you to hit it as far as you can. So I went, right, okay. So he threw this ball up. So I've smashed it into like, the back of those houses that overlook the ground at Haslandon. And then he went to me, right, that's your warm-up done. <laughs> yeah. He got one of the other lads to come and do the same thing. And that was it. That was the warm-up. <laughs> that is the man himself, Saeed Amor. That is Saeed all over. Now, I mean, in terms of, in terms of the team then, it was a pretty... It was, a, I mean, for us that that year, that 2012 year, losing two finals and then coming third in the league, there was there was a chance of actually winning all three trophies there. And I mean, for Craig as captain, it'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be good to find out what he actually thinks about that. Yeah, you know, he he was airing there on on the on the on the verge of of, of Langsley immortality. Joe, what do you remember of that 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 period? In terms of team, and, and I'm not 100 sure on when you started playing solidly week in week out. I genuinely loved playing William as pro. It was just like Sam said, so simple. Literally, he'd go out and blast hundred and just keep hitting sixes, um, and his bowling was just incredible. It was just literally nobody could get him off square. Regularly, he'd be just taking five six wickets every single game. Um, but yeah, I loved, loved that period. It was it was good, especially with Lloyd Narvi over as well. 
again, knowing that we had two players in the middle of the order as well, that again, could take a game away from, from anybody at any given time. Um, yeah. One of the games that stands out for me that year is towards the end of the season, um, we'd, we'd lost in the T20 final, we'd lost in the, the Wolves Cup final, and we were trying to just push to finish. And you, you mentioned Lloyd Aspin there then. We played Enfield at home. I think it was the last game of the season, uh, or second to last game of the season. And the weather was brilliant. Um, and we basically, I think Enfield won the toss. They chose to bat. And we just, Lloyd Aspin just got his tail up and just went through him. I think he ended up with like eight for 25 or something like that. Just absolutely rolled them. Um, we didn't, we'd finished the first innings, teams weren't even ready, so we literally did a quick switch round. Me and Syed Anwar went out to bat, and sat, first ball, Syed Anwar just walked down the track and pumped it into car park. And he said, we're going to finish this game quick. I was like, all right, okay. I'm quick. <laughs> and we finished it in 9.1 overs, and I think I had my first beer at 20 past three. <laughs> there is a, there's a massive, uh, there's a, no, no, I won't say a myth, but there's a, um, a story to tell behind that in terms of the club, isn't there? Yeah, legend has it. If you actually look at the church badge, um, there's a time there's a time on the clock face, and it just seems to coincide with what happened on that day. But right. whether that's just chance or whether that's actually true, I don't know. No. So if you are at home and you've got a, a piece of kit with a new uh, church badge on, not the one with the, the church and no shield with it, if you've got a new badge with the shield on it, just have a look at the the time on the clock face and see if it rings any bells. Just, just one more quick story about Anwar. He swanks away. Legend yeah. is, he hit a six oh. that's almost knocked the conservatory down in um, Corporation Park. This this game was unbelievable. I think we got 270, but Anwar got about 149 or 150-odd. And he hit that six from the centre of East Langs over the road, pretty much to the conservatory in Corporation Park, as Joel said. But at that point, around that time, he called, he, he called for um, two drinks. So the first drink he called for was after that six. And the person he went, I can't remember who it went, it might have been AB it was or Jack. someone like that. Green Jack. Jack. And he yeah. turned around to Jack and he said, how big was that six? He didn't even want to drink. He just wanted to tell him how big the six were. The pinnacle of Saeed Amor, that just coming to tell you during his innings, Walking to the change room and telling everyone how big that six were. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he stopped the game. <laughs> speaking of it, speaking, he was a character, wasn't he? And, and speaking, of, speaking of characters, um, in the Fergie years, as we're calling it, um, 2013, we had a pro, Cassim Bordisha. We used to call him Prodisha. Um, he was a character. Hopefully, he's maybe listening to this, but he actually lived with me that year. He was another one that was quite relaxed towards the game. Um, but talk about character. What, just, one, just one story. I was panicking a little bit and I'd actually lost the pro for 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah. I'd actually physically lost him. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if Phil Sykes knows about this, but he's going to know now. Basically, what happened was Friday tea time, I just got home from work or whatever I've been doing. And uh, he says to me, Sam, uh, I'm going to go out to the shop. I said, all oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, right. He said, do you want anything? No, no, I'm good, mate, good. Yeah, no, I said, well, look, make sure you've got a key. I'm literally in and out, you know, I've got somewhere to be. Yeah, okay, no worries. Anyway, so he'd gone, and I've got changed, gone out. 
So I've gone out, come back late on Friday night. Obviously, it's like gone midnight, and I'm just thinking, obviously, he's in bed, not going to wake him up or anything. So I've gone to bed. Saturday morning, I woke up, and Matt Cook were coming round. Cookie, big shout out to Cookie. Um, yeah. Just become a dad as well, hasn't he? As Matt Cook. Yeah, congratulations, Matt Cook. Congrats, Matt. Sleepless nights. <laughs> and um, Cookie came round, as, 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 sort of in some outed bathroom, shower screen, some of bro. Anyway, he come round it about half ten in the morning, Saturday morning. This is before a game, and Cookie says to me, "He's like, where's um, where's Casson?" I said, "Oh, I think he's in his bedroom." I said, "He should be up by now. He needs to get something to eat." Right, we're going to be going soon, another hour. So Cookie's banging away at bathroom, still not not heard of Casson. So I walked over to his bedroom, knocked on the door, no answer. Like open door, peeked my head round the corner, his bed's empty. He's not there. Try ringing him, no answer. Text him, no answer. 20 past 11, front door opens, and he walks back in with carry bag from shop. And he's like, <laughs> smiling at me, because I've just been to the shop. And there was absolutely no way he came home that night. I'm telling you now, I have no idea where he went, what he was doing. He went to the shop at 6pm, didn't come back till 11pm the following day. 15 hours it took him. <laughs> 15 hours for a for a pint of milk. That was the time I thought I'd lost the pro. Speaking of more pros, 2014-2015, we had Usman Tariq, didn't we? He's the only man that plays the latest of late cuts. Oh, it's brilliant. I'll always remember, like, we just signed him and it was the first two... So the first weekend of the season was a double header. One of them being um, where's the cup first round. I know why. Obviously, some we knew we knew we could play. We just got back-to-back centuries at first weekend of the season. We're like, it's not bad, him, is it? Yeah. Was it the first ball he faced? He just pumped it back over the ball his head into that. That yeah. was the Lan- that was the Lancashire Cup first round against Accrington at our place. Yes. And I opened the batting with him that day. And he pumped Oki Erasmus in his first over back over his head over the fence in the car park. And I was still at the other end and I went, Well then. <laughs> we've got a pro well then <laughs> and you know Osman great, nicest bloke in the world built like a blunt post isn't he yeah. he's not yeah. he's not a bludgeoner he's an absolute crafter he's a most laid back guy ever he just turns up to a game with those massive headphones on doesn't he and he just yeah, yeah. And he, like you talk to him and then he removes his headphones and replies to you <laughs> so he actually yeah. listens to you I don't even yeah. think there's any music on those headphones. And <laughs> you know, it typifies the man that last year we had him for Sub Pro and he was he's at, he were at Flixton, but he still turned up to a Sub Pro for us in his old church polos and stuff like that. And you think, what a legend he loves this it, guy is. It, he's just, yeah. He's, I'm a big he, fan of us, man. Big Osman fan. Tariq, absolute legend. He, he could craft some innings, that lad. Well, it does remind me, last year, first game of the season, we were chasing 250 at Crompton, cruising. Usman, Usman got a ton, and we still managed to... So, still managed to come second. Yeah. Well, I say, that could be another podcast. That could be an absolute another podcast. <laughs> yeah, we've, so we've had plenty of captains, all with varying degrees of results. Um, I'm in my tenure at the minute, and I mean, I was the first church captain to ever get a side relegated, so that's one, uh, one tick in my box. <laughs> But that, again, that's, that's another podcast, I'm telling you now. But the captain I played under the most, the longest, was Craig Fergie, um, or some people know him as Zippy. 
depending on what what area you're from. But more Fergie now. In terms of his batting in the league, he's probably more known as a batter. He's got 516 matches, 7,350 runs at an average of 20, with 220 50s, with a high score of 124, and 159 catches in there. Now, he's bowling. He is a net bowler at best. Just talk to me about his net bowling, Joel. What, what are you going to expect from Craig and his net bowling? Well, what we see is basically he trundles it and loops it up as high as he possibly can. As a batter, you want to hit it as far as you can. But you can't because it's a zero pace. The result is generally you hitting it in the air and him screaming at you saying you're out. Yeah, pretty much. It's quite pretty deflating much. as it's deflating as a batter that because you, you think to yourself, I can't hit Fergie anywhere, then I'm struggling. Well, in terms of Craig's bowling over his career, in those 516 matches, he's managed to conjure up 92 wickets. So if you are one of the 92 victims, shame on you. <laughs> 92 wickets at an average of 23. Holy moly. And his best bowling is 5 for 54. So... With that in mind, Craig Ferguson, captain of a club within the past 10 years, six of those 10 years, and I'd like to introduce him to the next segment of the podcast. So, yeah, Craig Ferguson. Uh, it's about memories, it's about history. And, and this it, it is the home of cricket. A traditional ground with so much history and magic. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, very good, thank you. All busy, good. busy. Good. Oh, you're up. Uh, you're working on front line, aren't you? I wouldn't really say it front line, but <laughs> right, I've got a question for you to start. Which current Lancashire League player would you most like to be locked down with? Oh, good question. There's not many that I actually get on with, is there? The <laughs> 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 Obviously, I get on with a lot more people these days than I used to, but um, who am I going to say? <laughs> trying to think even, obviously, I've played at Enfield. Is there any of them lads? Si Laughlin, big fan of yours. Good pal of mine. <laughs> well, that's a good start. I like that one. I thought I'd just chuck it right out there straight away for you and see, yeah. and see, um, and see how you went with that one. Thanks for throwing me early doors. <laughs> right. A bit more about you, first of all, before we get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, first, your stats. So you play 516 games across two clubs, and you've amassed 7,350 runs, an average of just shy of 20, um, with a high score of 124 not out, and that were at Richton, I remember watching that, with 200s and 2050s. What has stopped you from converting those 50s to 100s? Most probably one thing, and one thing only. So you're going to put it down to fitness. Well, for me, was it, well, pressure of captaincy, no? No, absolutely not. Plus, another thing, obviously, I've said fitness there, but let's all be honest, I really struggle hitting it off off the square, so that's most probably the biggest thing. (laughs) (laughs) How many times do you think you've had to dig us out of the mire in terms of coming in at maybe five or six? Yeah, of late, most probably quite a number of times, obviously. Talk about some good years, but where I used to call you guys show ponies up the top. Um, You know, you used to like you playing your million-dollar shots, and sometimes they obviously didn't come off, did they? 
Um, so, you know, <laughs> that sort of game then suited me to try and block a few, didn't it? <laughs> have, you, uh, have you got any innings that kind of stand out in, in the memory for a Levi's just said the 200s, they definitely stand out. I think the biggest one, obviously, the, the highest score, 124 not out against Rishton. Um, I think 2012, um, or maybe 2011 that year. Um, turned up at Rishton, Saeed as pro, um, thinking, as I always do, let's stick these lot in, get off early, bath and bed, happy days. Saeed, no, Fergie, no. Bat, we must bat. So, <laughs> win the toss, we bat. So, obviously, bat first, you get a big score. I've, you know, got my highest ever um, Langshley score. Saeed just comes up to me. Shakes my hand and just smiles. Doesn't say a word. Just <laughs> smiles. <laughs> so, so you owe your you owe your highest score to say that more. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. You know, that's, uh, my captaincy was very much stick them <laughs> in. Let's see what we can chase. Um, <laughs> Did you pick that Sykes up from the first was, podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Sykes was a big believer in that. Obviously, we were totally trying to turn the club round in those days. Um, well, towards the back end of it and trying to keep people in the, in the club as long as we possibly could. And we used to show ponies batting first, game could have been over early doors. <laughs> so there you go, folks. If you, if, well, you now know why Church bowled first for three years on the bounce, pretty much, was we wanted to keep the blokes in the bar for longer. <laughs> there you go. What about the first, your first hundred then? The first one was against Nelson um, at home. Yeah, they had no pro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if, if they were ever a day to bat first and get 100, that was a day. I think they've obviously, they must, have, they must have had a pro, obviously, or else they, uh, they would have got fined. Um, but it would have been interesting. The pro was a non-balling pro, shall we say. So that's 2010. 2050s. What was, can you, would you be able to think of, well, the, one of the most memorable 50s that you have played? One of the most important? Most important, um, for a number of reasons, was most probably when I played at, for Enfield and scored 95 not out against Church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one of the rare occasions that AB didn't get me out. So you, as you, well, you may not, you may or may not know your win, your win percentage post-war, or just in general, is the, is the greatest of any church captain. And post-war, you are the most successful church captain that's ever been in charge of the side. Now, as captain in the Lancashire League, you had 156 matches, you won 84, you lost 52, and you drawn slash tied 20. How? How? What was, you, what was the greatest contributor to that for you? I think ultimately, obviously, the players. You know, a captain can do as much as he wants, but ultimately it's down to the, the 11 guys who are on the pitch um, who he's playing with. Um, obviously, we had some good pros during that time, um, but we, you know, the amateurs certainly stepped up. And, and I think a big thing for me was we never... Um, struggled putting a side out we always had that say 14 15 blokes um a lot of the time 
you know, every year who we could rely on to do some sort of a job um, at first team level. So I think, you know, that was a big thing. A lot of clubs struggle doing that. You look at um, team list at the end of the season and we, we sort of, we were always 14 or 15, where other clubs might be potentially double that. Let's talk about the batting, the batting side of things first, that unit that we had from, well, you might say mainly 12, but 11, 12, 13-ish. What, what, what stands out to you in terms of the batting? Uh, not, not particularly stats, just overall. Um, I think the balance of the side, like I've obviously talked about our show ponies of the, the team. And, and Label the show ponies, go on. Label the show ponies. You obviously massively in that. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Lloyd, Lloyd Aspin, you know, you two, um, it was a big ego competition, wasn't it, really, if we're being honest, um, which, which was great for us, you know, when you, you, you both were on your day, um, you know, it massively contributed to the side, so, you know, all for that, um, but then, obviously, Saeed throw him in there, so did he bat? He obviously batted three. Um, did I open? I must have opened. Did I? Or lit? Yeah, because we opened in the cup finals together in in, in eleven anyway. But twelve, I think it was me and Sam in twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's say Sam as well. Let's give it a whack. Um, even more so these days. I think everyone knew knew the role as well. Everyone knew the strengths um, of each other, and everyone backed each other. Um, like you say, and obviously, you know, we know this, and it's no uh, difference at any club. The pro makes a massive impact, um, mm -hmm. and at times he will drag people along. Um, and if you can jump on your pro's coattails, and and you know when he fails and doesn't get you over the line, someone else does it. Then that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So in your like in your ten years of captain, then over them over them years, who would you say stands out most in terms of professional wise? And I'm pretty sure that Sam and Joe will probably have that name in their head. But I'll, I'll ask you I'll ask you that anyway, Craig. I think obviously Saeed does. He was the the first pro we had early doors, um, or I, I I had when I was captain. Um, he was just obviously a very, very experienced lead cricketer. Um, knew the league inside out. He did, he did very well, didn't he, that season? We knew we had um, that capability, didn't, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he could win a game just on his own. Um, unbelievable block. Theories on cricket. Just some of them were unbelievable and some of them just did not make sense. <laughs> um, but that was, that's what made him. Um, it was it was pretty good at that. Yeah, speaking about his theories on cricket, I'll never forget the time we were in changing room at Tottenham Rewick playing. They were just walking around the changing room, just picking up everybody's bat, and just like just giving a quick bat, playing a couple of couple of dummy shots. He picked up mine, and I'm like, all right, all right, what's he doing here? He starts taking it, took, took one of the grips off. He's like, I'm using this. Just walks out and opens the bat with it. I'm like. Why is he using number 11's bat? <laughs> <laughs> One standout moment I always remember at Burnley. Um, I think we were dead and buried in the game. We, we had many wickets in the tent. 
Um, and all of a sudden, he just went absolutely ballistic and smashed it absolutely everywhere. I think we won the game with not many balls to spare. Um, and he, for some reason, he just decided to start bench pressing his bat in the middle of the wicket. It was the most bizarre <laughs> and funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, I, think, but, I think in that game as well, AB was batting with him at the time, wasn't he? And AB came back in the changing rooms and he, and he said that Saeed poked him in the chest in the middle of the wicket and said, I'm going to finish this game now. And we, at that point, we still needed 40-odd runs off about four overs. Anyway, I'm going to finish it now. And I think that over, he were batting from the road end, hitting towards the football ground end. And he hit one that high, almost double the length of the, double the height of the football stand. I think it was, um, it was underneath it. Kelly, was it? Left-hander? He wanted nothing to do with it. He ran under it, so he didn't have to catch it. It went that high. <laughs> <laughs> he just... No, I want to. I want. I want to stay in 2012 um, for a couple of reasons. 2012 was quite a well. I would say a big year for the club. It could have been a big year for the club. I mean, what happened in that year? In the 2020, we lost to Ramp Bottom. In the Worsley Cup, we lost to Lower House, and we finished third in the league that year. Now, if you had a choice, what would you? have wanted to win that year if you had a choice out of those three cups? I think the Worsley Cup for me it is a massive occasion in the league as we all know. A couple of cracks at that in your tenure didn't we? We lost in 2011 and 12. So we, did. we had a couple of cracks and I mean obviously the, there comes the Neely Club doesn't it? It's We've come second quite a number of times. Yeah and I think that's you know, when I first started my uh, career at church and, and started, you know, playing first team cricket, we were um, we were never anywhere near. You know, we were we, more often than not, we, we really struggled. We somehow turned that round. You know, the club really backed us. Um, we got some obviously young lads who'd grown up together started all playing in the first team. Um, started putting wins together which was was massive for us um and generated that interest in the club as well a little bit and yes you know like you said there we're always coming second um, <laughs> but you know we, we've been in touching distance so many times um, tell me about it you know tell me how about can you it. i think how can you get over that edge i think us lad, i think as a, collectively as a four we had a quick chat about this earlier i think i've lost well, 2011, 12, twice, so that's three. Um, 17, so that's four. So I've, I've lost four finals and I've won two. I mean, I don't know about you, Sam. You, I'm probably really similar, to be honest. Um, yeah, and Joel, you're probably pretty pretty similar as well. Yeah. And it's just, I know where you're yeah, coming I'll... from. It's, it's horrendous. It's horrible. It is. I'll tell you what I've done. Um, Go on. Worsley Cup, Worsley Cup runner-up. 2002. Yes, oh, that was uh, Rami. Uh, Rami, again, yeah. 2011, 2012, 2017. Um, Interleague runner-up, I was at Enfield two, in 2006. Um, T20 runner-up, 2010, 2012. Um, and then, obviously, we've won the, the, the T20, didn't we? Um, and I won that. So, we've won that twice now. And you, um, did you win that with Enfield? And I won that with Enfield, yeah, in 2007. 
So my runners-up medals massively outweigh my winners' medals. <laughs> Magic. Talking about your bowling, Craig, you must know your stats on your bowling because you mention it quite quite regularly. Go on, wickets-wise. I'll tell you a little bit of a story about this first before I go into the wickets. But <laughs> this was when I was at Enfield and um, Alviro Peterson was the pro at the time. He's, he's got everyone in the dressing room um, and he's going absolutely ballistic. Um, at Dave Bracewell, I think he was the captain at the time, saying, why is our best bowler not bowling so everyone's like looking around at each other thinking these balls these balls these balls these balls that one you know who the hell's he on about here so he pulls out this these this paper from back pocket some stats starts banging this piece of paper why is he not bowling look at his stats (laughs) he should be bowling what is going on Um, the next game i bowled i think was at lower house away of all three overs I don't think I landed a single ball um, <laughs> and I ended up saying to Dave get me off here get me off I've no idea why he bowled me for three overs I shouldn't have bowled two never mind what <laughs> but, but yeah the less said about my bowling I think the, the better but... would you say would you say donkey drops is an accurate assessment of your bowling then oh 100% but speaking of bowling Craig you always, I'll always be indebted to you for being the one captain oh. that let me bowl. Oh. Yeah, this... that day, I don't think oh, there were many you. others who were, were queuing up to bowl, were there, to be fair? Uh, I think, you know what? I think even Sam refused to bowl that day. I <laughs> <laughs> did. <laughs> it worked for the first time, but yeah. So go on, Craig, tell us what, what, what happened that day when Joe Gaskill got a ball? What, what, I think that was another day, obviously, we were playing at Burnley, weren't we? Yeah. Um, another day, I'm pretty sure, obviously, they had a very strong team out. Most probably won the toss and stuck them in. And we chased a million. I think <laughs> um, Cameron Bashrat, correct me if I'm wrong, oh, dropped the um, shelter path the early doors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he most probably wanted them to get about three million. Um, he got 140. Mm. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think we'd gone round pretty much everyone, bowling wise. Joel loves a bowling nets, as we all know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we just talked about my bowling there. I weren't putting myself in that position ever again. So, fuck around. Who's getting busted? <laughs> Joel, like a little terrier Indian, yapping at the bloody heels every two minutes. So. Go on, Joel. Have a ball. I don't know how many overs he bowled, but he won't have bowled so many. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how many overs he bowled because he got absolutely taken to the moon. No, did it? It wasn't that bad. Horrendous. It wasn't that bad. But one thing, talking about that game again, one thing that does stick out in my mind is that Cameron, when it went up in the air, it was like the second over, and it's gone up in the air, and it's coming straight down Phil Gillies' throat at backward point. And Phil's underneath it, he's ready. And then all you hear is, Cameron, 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 Cameron comes charging over and spills it. And Phil Gilly stood there, as he does, double teapot, tutting, looking at the ground. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is not good. And like you say, he went on to get 140. That will be one of the darkest days in church CC history, I will tell you that for free. And I always say to Joel, as long as I'm captain, you will never fall. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll put that to the best thing. The best thing about it is, Tucker, he was like, because obviously he doesn't go to training. He was like, <laughs> you want me to stand up? I went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you ball? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea what I ball. Just uh, make sure you stop it. All the, all the finals that we, we've been in, in throughout your period as captain of the club. So we had the 2011-12, 2-12 and the 1-14, which at the fourth time of asking, we actually won something. Now, we, t- <laughs> we, t- we talk about your win, your win percentage and the most successful post-war captain that we've ever had at the club. How can that be, though, if we lost three out of four finals? Simple is it's a stat, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Sykes who rolled that stat out, didn't he? And then the season presentation one. Yeah, he did. Um, PowerPoint and everything. And obviously, the only reason was because it was the uh, the final season that I was being captain. Everyone knew that. I'd said that you know um, that the end had come for me, and time was to move on. And anyway, I suppose it was Sykes' little way of saying. Thank you, potentially, um, yeah. or you know, say what a good period it was actually for the club. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know that Phil would have put that out there for that reason to say to say thank you because quite clearly, having like you said, it's measured over a period of time, not just individual performances. And quite quite rightly, if you've got the highest win percentage out of any captain, then you ultimately are the best captain that the club's ever had. It'll be interesting when you do go and Sykes does one for you. And it comes up as the only ever captain to get church relegated. <laughs> now, obviously, you had the side, you had a pretty decent amateur side, you had a worldy pro. Um, we missed out on plenty of silverware. Again, fitting the nearly, the nearly club thing. Is there anything you would have done differently at all in any of those? Um, any of those matches, anything that, you know, you, you wish if you had your time again, you'd do? I don't, the biggest thing, I think, um, nothing sticks in, in my mind regarding the league or anything, you know, where I think we made big mistakes or anything. Um, but obviously, I think the the one that really sticks out for a couple of reasons um, is the 2020 um, Cup final at Ramy. I remember mm-hmm. it. Uh, I think we batted, um, but the, to get to the moments that, that sort of really stick out for me, um, was it Peter Milan who was captain uh, pro for Ramy? Sam, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Um, he sneaked off, didn't he? Yeah. To this day, I will 100% say he sneaked off, and he was single figures very early on in his innings. Um, I don't think he went on to score a big score, um, but you know that would have massively got our tails up um, and you know my record um, with umpires um, you know I get on with them like an absolute house on fire um, these days in the past oh no so I thought I was doing the best thing ever that that game um, you know everybody's got up at this point we thought we've got the, the opposition professional out very cheaply um, Jack Schofield was the, um, the standing umpire um, I think I was like a short cover or something. Um, turned round, looked at him, not out. 
So rather than effing and jeffing, which obviously has got me in a bit of hot water in the past, what do I do? I've decided to take my cap off for some unknown reason and throw it on the floor. <laughs> thinking, you know, at least I haven't swore at him. I haven't called him every name under the sun. I've just thrown my hat on the floor. <laughs> it, big do's and little do's, obviously we get beat, you know, um, yet again, the Neely men become second. Um, and then we have the presentation couple of the league exec are there. So Jack Schofield doesn't bat an eyelid about this, um, about me throwing the cap on the floor or anything on the, on the game. You know, we've had the presentation. I've spoken to him a little bit afterwards. He then goes and speaks to the league exec who basically say, you're going to have to report him. So there you go. My good friends on the league exec, um, Two games. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions, Your Honour. Um, I think I, I think I did my club bit of the club um, for those two games. I think I went into the room actually, made some chips. <laughs> Give him back. Give him back. Give him back. But it was, it was most really more a contribution than I would have done playing. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in terms of pros, obviously you've had a, you've, you've played quite a while. Um, I wouldn't say nearly tw- just over twenty years. Who who has been the best pro that you played? It doesn't have to be with Church, it could be with Enfield or at Stand. Who's been the best pro you played with, and why? Um, the first first in game I played back in '96, um, a guy called Matthew Mott. Um, he was really um, a really talented left-hander. Um, remember that obviously most probably a lot would make my debut in that season. I think the one standout guy for me, um, was particularly at church, um, for class wise, was Greg Mail. Just head and shoulders, really. When I think of you know the the pros that we've had, um, he just oozed class. You could tell he was a a high, high-end cricketer. Um, yeah, I, re- I remember um, he, he was in the New South Wales team at the time, wasn't he? Um, out back up, back home in Australia, where it was literally the, the War Sisters, and it was yeah, lit- almost like the Australia one to eleven, didn't they play for New South Wales at the time? Uh, mm. And and he came over and he played for us, and like like you say, Ferg, he, he was absolutely class, wasn't he? Um, one of the one of the stories that stands out with 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 Greg for me, um, and I mentioned it recently in some best eleven or some questions or something like that, and uh, it was at East Langton away, and I think we were going through that phase that you related to earlier, where we were thinking um, getting to 120 is a good score because we can make a game of it kind of thing because we were all a young team, um, and I think. East Lanks might have had someone like Johan Law as their pro or something like that. Anyway, East Lanks looked like they were cruising and we just literally started to just give the game away and just leave them to it, didn't we? Um, but I remember, I think we took a, we managed to take some form of a wicket and Greg Mail pulled us in and he absolutely laid into us, didn't he? Just absolutely just... For want of a better word, just tore into us. 
uh, and basically said that he's no longer bowling, it's not down to him, I'm going to be back. That's it, didn't it? And then a few overs later, the guy whoever's batting, it might be Turner or someone like that, blazed one through the covers and Greg Mills took a diving catch, one-handed or whatever it was, about a foot off the ground and jumped straight back up. Yeah, it um, definitely sticks out in my mind as well, that. Um, like I said, <laughs> three things about him. That moment, um, he, he used class with the bat. Um, and the other thing, drive, you know, he was six foot, what, seven maybe, six foot six, a tall, tall guy, driving around in a little Ford KA. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally sat in the boot, driving that way, don't <laughs> So, Craig, one thing that stands out in my mind was at Rishton away, um, was it, well, it probably it stands out in your mind, guessing, for all the wrong reasons. It was um, quite a nice, nice day, and we had uh, a young man named Cameron Basher at ball, and he could push it through, couldn't he, Cammy? He wasn't, he wasn't a slouch, and um, you were feeling it didn't slip. And then, talk, I don't know if you want to tell the, tell the listeners what, um, what actually happened from that. Um. I think it was more Patel um, who was batting. So Cameron's just absolutely put a an F, real effort baller through. He cuts it or goes to play it off the back foot. And I just remember it flying through um, <laughs> to me. And I mustn't have been any more than 10 yards, you know, 12 yards back sort of thing. Um, it's flown above my head. I've just chucked my hands up in the air um, and it just burst through my fingers. And the next thing I just like remember is one leaping around like a, a Bambi um, <laughs> shot. Um, and then obviously lying on the floor saying, pull it, pull it, pull it. And no one would, well, either no one would pull it or no one could pull it. Um, and, then obviously, and then the next thing, I walk to the edge of the pitch and think I'm going to pass out and I've led on the concrete. <laughs> by the road end um, long story short it eventually ends up in hospital um, and I actually had gas and air for the first time in a long time um, and uh, they pulled it back and to this day it's still, it's still not straight <laughs> just to let everyone know he's talking about his finger <laughs> um, obviously I went to a at Blackburn um, still with said whites on um, was there for a few hours, to say the least. Um, and all I remember is Sykes texting me because obviously we we were batting second, um, and Sykes was texting me because he kept on saying, "How long are you going to be? We've lost another wicket. Um, <laughs> do, do you think you're back? You might need to bat." I'm thinking, bat? There's no chance I can even hold a bat here at this stage. But luckily, we just got over the line, um, and I think I arrived back at the ground like something like five minutes after the game had finished. I just walked straight up to the dressing room, got my stuff, um, got back in the car. I think I was sick on the way home. Gas and nerves, not <laughs> not the best tasting thing in the world. Um, nice. Then I had a bath in bed. Us three blocks. We came up with the best three qualities of captain. One of them was a listener, one of them was a decision maker, and one of, to, one of them was positivity. Do you fit any of those? You know I'm the most positive bloke <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know that's uh, a lot of lies. 
Um, I definitely think you're a good listener because you have to put up with some of the babble that comes out of our mouths. I mean, positivity, I mean, it's a tough one, that one. (laughs) Put a man out. (laughs) Yeah, just get a man out. Just get a man man out. He's bright, he's just new to crease. Get a man out, he's all right. That's straight from the Phil Sykes style of captaincy. <laughs> and he's trying to impart that on me. And I keep batting him off. I'm like, Phil, leave me alone. That's why we chase a million and we got relegated under your captaincy because you don't look. Yeah, so speaking of church to finish off with, what is it that makes that you know that keeps you at church? That you know that that what is it about the club that that you love so much? I think for me, um, obviously, it's a club that I grew up at. Um, you know, a lot of history there for me. You know, I remember as a kid um, going up watching my dad. Um, obviously, you know that. That doesn't go away. It's, um, it's it stays with you. And luckily, obviously, then I I went on to play cricket, um, and obviously make some real massive friends through playing cricket. You know, the family feel of the club is second to none for me. Um, you know, and I know I can ring anyone up now, and they would always you know be there for you or, or you know help you out, whatever that be. So massively it has to be that family family feel and that you know everyone um looks out for each other no yeah i'd agree with that i mean obviously me and sam being family um joel's got family there too so i could agree with that you know i can't even just in my time being there i can't think of how many families that have actually come through and that are still are there i mean thinking about that i think somebody actually commented on one of the facebook posts saying you could do a family episode because you've obviously got me and sam Obviously, you've got Fergie's, Gaskell's, Aspins, Barnes, Gilrain's. I mean, sorry if I've forgotten anyone else, but, you know, there's plenty of families that have been through our club. And it's probably the same at a number of clubs, but, you know, when it's your own club, it's a bit, it's just as, as special, isn't it? And it makes it feel, you know, like, like home, so to speak. All right. Um, yeah, that was, the, that was the Fergie years so to speak with Craig Ferguson most successful captain of uh, Church Cricket Club in recent history even though he has lost a number of finals but he will tell you there it's all about the stats and it's not the individual games once again thank you very much for listening and uh, I hope you enjoyed it see you later later guys see you later stay alert control the virus save lives and that'll be going in cheers <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. We'll cut that out. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the story if you don't know about that. Obviously, don't put this in. No. I, I, I get to the phone call, 